Broadcasting from the Superbook Sports Studios, KTUS AM 1060, Tempe, Phoenix, and KSLX HD2, Scottsdale, Phoenix. It's time to hit the field with Extra Point, featuring Kayla Mortolaro and Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060. Tweet the show at KDUS AM 1060 or give us a call at 602-260-1060. The snap is back. The hold is down. You can't miss with this combination. And the extra point is good. AM 1060. As always, follow along with us online at kdos1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. It is Friday. It is September 8th. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro here with you as we continue Friday Spread. Brought to you by Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. Once again, Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. It's not your normal meat market. I invite you to check them out at 2390 North Alma School in Chandler. The weekend specials for you this weekend are spatchcock chicken at 399 a pound, plain boneless skinless chicken breast at $5.99 a pound, and the pork pork butt roast at $3.99 a pound. They have everything, uh, craft beer, wine, spirits, and amazing treats for your four-legged friends. There is one game that we have to finish as well on the Friday spread countdown in addition to our poll questions and making room for Brian Blewis of Pro Football Network to talk with us at 11.15 for our prop bet discussion for the NFL weekend. But let's reset the scene now with today's poll questions and we'll do it with the kdos1060.com poll question which involves the arizona cardinals traveling east to face the commanders so who do you have on sunday cardinals plus seven or commanders minus seven and the commanders continue to lead but down a touch here 75 percent of the vote cardinals sitting at 25 percent also kayla you mentioned uh to me i don't uh, apologize i'm not sure if you mentioned this on the air terry mclaurin expected to play huh I did mention that on air, but yes, that is the latest report that I saw uh, (laughs) that there's no injury designation for him, so he's good to go. Yeah, that's a bit of a surprise. I mean, they signed a couple of receivers in the last 10 days or so since he suffered the toe injury, which was during the preseason game. In fact, it was the last play that the starters were on the field in the preseason game against Baltimore a couple weeks ago. So this is, I think, a... I'm sure they're very happy that he's reached the point where it's not even his injury designation at this point. So I think that's uh, highly surprising, at least from what we were kind of alerted before. Um, and uh, good for them, I guess. Probably bad for the Cardinals. And uh, they've got some good wide receivers. Can Sam Howell get them the ball? <laughs> Absolutely. That is certainly a question for them offensively with new, obviously, offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy, And then that defense, the question's injury designation status-wise, uh, you know, they don't need him per se, but it would be a benefit to have him, Chase Young. True. And let me backtrack. They may not need to throw the ball, just hand the ball off to Robinson the whole game, and the Cardinals may never stop him. We'll answer that question around 1130 today, transitioning into Twitter at KDUS AM 1060. Who do you have Sunday at Pittsburgh? The 49ers minus two and a half. The Steelers plus two and a half. The 49ers continue to lead the way. 80% of the vote. Steelers sitting at 20%. Yeah, not, uh, I'm a little surprised because I, you know, it seems like the whole world is thinking that the Steelers are great because they were so good in the preseason. Uh, yeah, they were seven and two in last season, so he had some momentum at the end of last season. I'm not a believer that momentum carries into the next season, 
but there are plenty of people that do believe that, and there are some examples where that's actually happened. Uh, so we'll see. But uh, you know, so that's uh, like I said, I'm a little surprised. I guess you know, it's just uh, we got uh, too many voters that are into the favorites. I guess. <laughs> We will uh, also answer that question around 11.30. Still time for you to cast your vote. As I mentioned, we have one game that we need to wrap up for Friday spread, and that involves the Sunday night football contest, the Cowboys and the Giants. Cowboys minus 3.5, Giants plus 3.5, over-under sitting at 46.5. Numbers coming to you from the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Um, how much will Darren Waller help, and how much are the Giants overhyped this year? Uh, that's an, two excellent questions, and I don't again. What that means is I don't know how to answer either of them. Uh, Waller, I know he had one run in the preseason game where he was out there for like seven snaps and he got four catches and like a hundred yards. And this is the great. This is the uh, Phil Simmons to Mark Bavaro uh, combination of back in the uh, late '80s, early '90s type of thing in Giants land. Uh, so we'll, I'm not sure, but well, I like Waller a lot, but he's got to stay in the field. I mean, he's been hurt a lot. He's had some issues uh, over the years, so you got to stay out there. Uh, so we'll see what's up with that. I actually like the Cowboys in this game, but unfortunately the best number is long gone here if you're on the Cowboys side, point spread-wise. Uh, they've won 10 straight games against the Giants when Dak has actually been available to play. Mike Parsons in a much smaller sample. Uh, has never lost a game that he's played against the Giants, uh, and they've now uh, they've also won five of the last six in the series. And the one game, obviously, that they lost, the uh, the Cowboys lost. Dak didn't play. Yeah, so I think for me, the the question marks I want to see on the 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 Cowboys side of it. You know, one, we obviously know how aggressive Wink Martin, Martindale is calling the defense, but can his corners hold up? And therefore, how much will right. the you know bringing in the addition of Brandon Cooks? How much does that change anything explosively for uh, the Cowboys within the confines of what Mike McCarthy's trying to do with that offense? Nobody's a bigger Brandon Cooks fan than me. I don't care where he's playing. <laughs> I'm How many seemingly teams is this always, now? Well, it's like five, right? Or and four he's like or five. commanded at least two or three first rounders back every time he's moved. And he's still really fast. I mean, uh, I heard Jane Slater on NFL Network the other day say that he was actually clocked at a four three something and a forty just now, like you know, ten minutes ago or something. So he's really good. I think that this is a this is really a big thing. You mentioned the corners. They have two rookie corners starting for the Giants in this game, and they're going to have to somehow figure out how to cover CeeDee Lamb and Brandon Cooks. And curious to see how Isaiah Simmons is employed. And, of course, the Giants play here next week. One thing here about the Cardinals and the Commanders, it's a 10 a.m. start Sunday on Fox. Uh, looking at the injury report here from yesterday, you had Kelvin Beecham with a hand uh, limited in Wednesday's practice. Thursday, he was downgraded to not practicing, so that's not trending in a great direction. Hollywood Brown, hamstring limited Wednesday and Thursday. Zach Ertz with the knee, obviously recovering from the ACL surgery. Limited Wednesday, limited Thursday. I wonder how much this coaching staff wants to see from him in today's practice to make that determination if he can play on Sunday. Which one, Ertz? Uh, Ertz, yeah. Yeah, I would be surprised if he played, but uh, just because he had the knee surgery, you know, what, 12 months ago? Not even 12 months ago, like 10 months ago. 
So we'll see how that goes. Um, I also, a couple of those designations yesterday were apparently veteran rest days. Uh, so yeah, maybe they've uh, you know, opted to, you know, makes sense. Uh, you know, if you're going to, you know, it depends on, I don't think we know enough about this coaching staff yet when the veterans are going to get their rest. With Kingsbury, it was usually on Wednesday. That's so true, So maybe yeah. it's with, with, with this group, it might be Thursdays. Before we make room for Brian Lewis with Pro Football Network to chat all things prop bets with us for the weekend, I do want to point out here that the Diamondbacks are getting ready to go against the Cubs in a morning, afternoon, whatever you want to call this. Matinee, maybe we'll go with that. That's a better term. Right. Matinee contest <laughs> for uh, the Diamondbacks and the Cubs. It's a Zach Gallen start, 14-7, and 3.48 ERA, 186 strikeouts. Jamison Tayon, 7-9, 5.73 ERA. 113 strikeouts it's game two of the four game series with the diamondbacks winning yesterday yeah um tyone is kind of a hit or miss proposition uh oftentimes uh you have a pretty good idea watching him early and like maybe first inning early as whether he's going to be really good which he sometimes is or it's going to be batting practice which he sometimes is so we'll see what's up with that Big start here for Gallon. Um, obviously, not just you know, for the Diamondbacks, but for him, because uh, Justin Steele's pitching tomorrow, and those are two of the supposed Cy Young candidates. Even though, if I had a vote, there'd be no question right now. I'd be voting for Steele over anybody in the National League. Uh, but you know, Gallon looked like he was maybe going to be the pitcher of the month in the National League in August until the end of August when he had a couple of, especially one really bad start. Uh, now he's had two consecutive, not really, you know, certainly subpar starts, let's put it that way. So he kind of needs to turn things around individually and team-wise. And for the Diamondbacks here, this is certainly an interesting series because it is against the Cubs all in that NL wildcard race. The Phillies uh, currently have that one spot in the NL wildcard at 77 and 62. The Cubs at 76 and 65. And the D-backs now have slid themselves into yeah. that final spot at 73 and 68. On the outside looking in, it's the Marlins and the Reds each a half game back. Yeah, your boy Ryan Pepio helped out the Diamondbacks last night. He pitched a no-hitter into the seventh inning last night for the Dodgers, and they crushed the Marlins last night. Football fans and golfers come together to raise money in honor of NFL coach Vince Lombardi, support organizations that help prevent cancer, provide the best care to those fighting it, and find a cure. September 16th, Talking Stick Resort. Join the fun. Help fight for a cure. LombardiFoundation.org slash Lombardi dash Southwest dash open. We make room. Brian Blewis of Pro Football Network is set to join us on the other side of the break. It's NFL prop time. Hey, football fans, this is the Rooster, and I'm giving away prizes. So join me this Sunday during the Packers game at Casey Jones Grill, located in Phoenix on 20th Street and Bell Road. We've made it. It's a Friday. Friday spread brought to you by Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits, not your normal meat market. Visit them 2390 North Alma School in Chandler. We'll still have that $100 gift certificate available for you, but we'll continue on with some help. One of my favorite segments here as we dive into the NFL prop market, as we 
pop on out to the KDOS hotline. Brian Blewis, betting director. You can follow everything that they're doing with Pro Football Network over at uh, PFN Bets as well as PFNBetting.com. Brian, looking forward to getting this all started here with you. It's Kayla and Bob. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Last night was a great appetizer for the uh, week one NFL slate. It was a fun game, a bit surprising, but looking forward to diving into these games on Sunday. Absolutely here. Uh, so as I typically do, I get things started with looking at the the local squad here. So we have the Cardinals traveling to take on the commanders. Sam Howell, uh, last I saw, he was sitting at like about 203 and a half yards. I get that he doesn't have a whole lot of experience here in the NFL, but looking at the Cardinals secondary, uh, the ability to get home with a pass rush, uh, it seems like 203 and a half yards is kind of a low bar to clear, especially with the news today that it looks like Terry McLaurin is good to go. Yeah, I think that line actually jumped up now that Terry McLaurin is cleared to play. But the line's still relatively low. I'm looking at DraftKings right now. It's at 212 and a half, minus 115 on both sides. I'm guessing what's playing a factor here is that the commanders are seven-point favorite, and they think that they should win this game pretty handily against the Cardinals and stop throwing their football late in the second half. But you never know in these sort of matchups, especially week one. I mean, expectations, as you guys know, for the Cardinals are at an all-time low. They're expected to be the worst team in football this year. But it's a long season, 18 weeks. So it wouldn't be the most shocking thing in the world. It made this a closer game than expected and that he will be throwing the football later in the game. You know, you mentioned last night's game. You know, can we take anything away from that moving forward, uh, you know, you know, whatever player maybe caught your attention that we can maybe look ahead to the next week or beyond that uh, might be uh, something to look at as far as the prop market goes? Yeah, there are a few notable storylines coming out last night in relation to player prop market. And um, let's start with Jameer Gibbs. He looked really good in the action he saw, but he definitely got a lot less snaps people were hoping for, like, if you have Jameer Gibbs in fantasy, you're definitely panicking a little bit after last night. But as I said in my talking about Sam Howell's prop, same logic goes up, same logic plays a factor here that we have a really long season ahead, and that volume could pick up as the season goes along. So I wouldn't be too concerned. I wouldn't be wanting to fade him too much next week after his usage this week. But at the same time, he really wasn't terribly involved. I actually lost on under on over three and a half receptions for him and. Turns the other side ball for the Chiefs. Sky Moore was that receiver that a lot of people expected to have a breakout year this year. The Chiefs to really have a pretty thin at receiver, and then they lost Juju Smith-Schuster in free agency and didn't really replace him. So people thought that he could maybe emerge as that number two target behind Kelsey. But he finished the game with zero catches, zero yards. And pretty funny, his over-under for receiving yards was 44.5, I believe. And at bet MGM, that was the most bet on player prop for last night. So nice win for the sports book there, unfortunately. And um, if you're looking to bet on Sky Moore props, I would definitely look at the under of anything unless they overadjust because he saw such a small target share without Kelsey that when Kelsey's back, I can't imagine that's going to tick up. 
Brian Blue is betting director with Pro Football Network. Follow their work over on Twitter at PFNBets as well as uh, PFNBetting.com. Flipping this to the East Coast with the 49ers and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Nick Bosa, of course, signed that contract. We'll have to see how much he plays. When it comes to the 49ers, Brock Purdy set to get the start. He has a lot of his target throws, but not a lot of air yards. It's more about the run after the catch. And when you look at the Steelers' defense last year they gave up 5.1 yards after the catch so how do you survey this market with Debo Samuel Brandon Ayuk uh, or do you just kind of try to stay away because it could go in any direction yeah I always have a really difficult time betting player props on 49ers games because like you said there's so much there's so much competition amongst this offense for for getting involved in for that target share and none of these guys really are and then you can really can't really count on any of these guys week to week to really dominate the volume, like Amon Ross St. Brown, the Lions, for example. So, and it's it's so unpredictable to know who's to be involved because IU, McCaffrey, and Deba are all pretty big run after the catch guys. So, definitely difficult to say the least. But if you're looking for one that stands out more than the others, it's Christian McCaffrey's receiving yards prop is nearly 20 yards lower than each of theirs in Debo and IU, who are equal at 50 in the half. McCaffrey's at 33 and a half, and we know that Shanahan likes to get involved in a variety of ways in that offense. So if you're looking for one of those guys, it might be a good buy low. It could be McCaffrey. Cooper Cup is out for at least this game, and they're going to make, make a decision by Saturday whether he's going to go on a, a, you know, some kind of IR or pup list, et cetera. Uh, does that mean more touches and some of the, maybe some other prop bet possibilities i'm thinking tyler higby specifically against the seahawks defense has been not good the last couple years against tight ends yeah i mean tyler higby is the obvious candidate there i'm looking at the props right now at drafting sportsbook it's over under for receptions at four and a half with minus 150 on the over so that's a sign that that might pick up to closer to five or the juice might even increase even more because they're getting a lot of action on that prop i mean if you ask your listeners right now to name two pass catchers of the Rams outside of Cooper Cup, I bet they would struggle to name two players. But the, but the first one that comes to mind after Cup would be Tyler Higby. So if you are looking for somebody to rack up the target in place of Cooper Cup, he is the obvious choice. But four and a half is a pretty high number, especially with the minus 152. Brian Blue is betting director. Follow their work on Twitter at PFN Bets right here on KDOS AM 1060 in the extra point. The Bengals and the Browns. The Browns have actually had some success in winning games of the Bengals in the Joe Burrow era. It's come in a variety of different ways. The Bengals particularly here have a new secondary, so maybe it's going to have some time to gel and figure itself out. So how do you like uh, going with some receivers here? Maybe Amari Cooper over 58 and a half yards. Yeah, um, this one is an interesting game for me. Uh, for full transparency, I'm pretty high on the uh, Browns here just because of uh, Burrow might be a little rusty like he was last season after missing the preseason in his first couple starts. But for the uh, for the Browns side with the receivers, I see more value in Elijah Moore than Amari Cooper. Elijah Moore, people forget, had a really good rookie season for the Jets and then kind of fell off last year due to just all like AC quarterback play from Zach Wilson, and he just was in and out of the lineup. He wasn't getting along with the coaches last year, didn't like his role in the offense. But he's a very talented wide receiver, and this time a year ago, he was thought as one of the best up-and-coming receivers in the NFL. And his receiving prop is only a 31 and a half, 
compared to Amari Cooper at 58 and a half. So if I'm looking for any Browns wide receiver in this matchup against this Bengals secondary with two new safeties after their starting safeties and Jesse Bates' Von Bell left in free agency, more be the Goms targeting. You know, looking ahead a little bit to Monday night, you know, Josh Allen had two bad games, but at least by his standards against the Jets last season. Uh, the Jets' defensive front just kind of dominated those two games, quite frankly. And, you know, Allen was under pressure. And, in fact, Allen got injured his elbow in that second game. So, you know, any possibility about some Josh Allen under props here? Yeah, maybe instead of under on his passing props, why not be over on his rushing yards prop? Right now, it's mm-hmm. only 35 and a half. But in those two games against the Jets last year, he ran for 133 yards and three touchdowns. I mean, Josh Allen is one of the best running quarterbacks in the game because of his size and athleticism. And if he's going to be under duress in this matchup against a just pass rush that only got better from a year ago, we might see him scramble in those situations to pick up a lot of yardage. That prop is almost a little fishy to me because it's so low. Uh, when you flip this to the Eagles on the road to New England, uh, weather could be a factor here as well. As well, Bill Belichick's defenses have certainly struggled against mobile quarterbacks. So, how do you deploy Jalen Hurts here? His rushing prop, you know, forty-two and a half yards. And then conversely, how do we figure out what to do with the Patriots' running game, and especially with the news that Ramadre Stevenson wasn't seen at practice this morning? Yeah, his. His uh, rushing prop is off the board at DraftKings right now, but if you were looking to bet on Ramondre Stevenson's prop, say he was healthy, I don't know what the number would be, but the over would be a good play because this Eagles, if the Eagles had any weakness from a year ago, it was their rush defense, as we saw against the Commanders and in other games throughout the season. And Stevenson really profiles their running back that they struggle with. Like It's one thing to go against a running back that's really boom or bust that might go for negative yards in one play, might go for 50 for the next. Stevenson's a really consistent runner that could bleed the clock, and that's probably the strategy the Patriots want to want to use in this matchup. So I would definitely want to keep an eye out on his status for someday. And in terms of Jalen Hurts, it seems the most obvious play here is anytime touchdown. I mean, we know how lethal that QBC play is for the Eagles, that uh, push-push, as they call it, when they, and the whole entire team is pushing into the end zone because – Jalen Hurts basically built like a running back. And right now, that line's only at plus 120. That seems far, that seems like too much value right there. DeAndre Swift taking the other side of that game. I actually think the fantasy market's too high on him, at least the fantasy market. I think the Patriots' defense might be pretty good. The Eagles actually have four running backs listed in the top line of their depth chart. Is there, is there any value? Uh, going under Swift and some prop bets, at least in week one. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of value going on going and betting his under just because, like you said, they have four capable running backs. I mean, it's not just DeAndre Swift, but they signed Rashad Penny this offseason, and we know the deal with Penny is that he can't really stay healthy, but when he is healthy, he's really, really good. And right now, he's completely healthy coming off the injury from last year, and we all know the playoffs last year from watching these games that Kenny Gainwell, their fifth-round pick from a couple years ago, was really impressive, and he even got more usage than Miles Sanders did in those few games. And even Boston Scott as a fourth running back should be involved throughout the season. So his line right now for DeAndre Swift for rushing guards at 32-and-a-half. I think if anything would be used more in the passing game, even though the Eagles didn't really like to target their running backs in those situations last year, but... 
if you're one of those people that doesn't think Swift is going to be the guy, even though it already is a low number, that's already two and a half a time to consider. Brian Blewis, betting director with Pro Football Network. Follow them on Twitter at PFNBets as well as PFNBetting.com. It's supposed to be air Justin Herbert now with the new look Chargers <laughs> offense. Uh, plus, you also, in addition to that, have some questions with the Dolphins secondary revamping things under Vic Fangio. No Jalen Ramsey to start the season. 290 and a half yards, though, does seem like a hefty number just to be uh, all in on with Justin Herbert. So how exactly would it be best to deploy uh, some different options in this game? Yeah, that is a very high line going against the Dolphins defense with Vic Fangio now as the defensive coordinator even though they are missing Dylan Ramsey at cornerback. It really depends on how the game is going to go for this game. I mean, almost every single Chargers game we know is decided by three points or less. So if you think this game is going to come down to the wire, that the over for that honestly wouldn't be a bad idea despite how high that number is, especially because this is about in two of the most exposed offenses in the NFL this year. But like you said, that number is very high, so it's really hard to say. But if you do think it's going to come down to the end of the fourth quarter, the Chargers are going to be throwing the ball throughout the game, especially under Kellen Moore, who with Dak Prescott with Dak Prescott in that offensive past few seasons had won the highest uh, air yards per attempt. So it'll be a lot different passing offense than we saw the past couple of years with Bill Lombardi as his offense coordinator who's basically running offense, like he still had an aging through breeze in New Orleans, who couldn't throw it beyond 15 yards. I want to bounce back to that Patriots and Eagles game. I guess sounds sounds like I'm maybe obsessed about this game, but I, I guess guess I kind of am. Um, I'm one of the few non-Mac Jones believers on planet Earth, it seems. Uh, he certainly, uh, you know, we did very well last year playing Mac Jones under the you know prop bet market quite a bit. Uh, the re- Patriots receivers, same thing. But Bill O'Brien's now the offense coordinator. Do I need to change my stance, either not necessarily just this week, but in the future, as far as my Mac Jones opinion? Maybe in the future, but not this week. Because if there's any weakness on the Patriots offense besides the receivers, it's their offensive line. And if the Eagles have any, if, the, if there's one strength that stands up the most for the Eagles, it's their pass rush. Like, they're not going to repeat their production from a year ago and they had 70 sacks. That would just, that's unprecedented and extremely unlikely to come anywhere close to that. But that doesn't mean their pass rush still won't be really effective this year and that Mac Jones won't, won't be under a lot of pressure on Sunday afternoon. So you could start fading Mac Jones to, for this week, but I'll keep an eye out games week to week. You know, the Patriots have a really tough schedule this year. Uh, for the Sunday night contest with the Cowboys and the Giants, I seemingly just want to keep making this Darren Waller thing a thing. So bring some logic here to the table for me. Uh, you know, <laughs> plus 135, anytime touchdown score. You look at just kind of obviously you have Saquon Barkley, you have Daniel Jones's athleticism, but wide receiver wise, he is a massive upgrade uh, and a huge target for him to get the ball if they're able to move the ball down into the red zone. Yeah, I mean, you look at the rest of that offense, the Giants are deep at receiver, but they're deep with a bunch of guys that, that profile like wide receiver three. Like, I don't know if any of the receivers are qualified to be a number two receiver, and especially not a number one receiver. So, and if anybody's going to be most heavily involved in the passing game, it's Darren Waller by a country mile. I mean, we saw him get some limited snaps in that one preseason game against the Panthers, and that one drive, he had three catches for 30 yards, and most like, he already developed a really good chemistry with Daniel Jones. And 
the biggest problem with Darren Waller these past couple seasons and the reason why he was able to trade and the Giants got him for what they did was because of injury. But right now, he's 100% healthy and he's ready to go. So if you believe in Darren Waller having a big season, you got to take him week one while you can. Okay, last one for me, Justin Fields. All kinds of opinions about him, uh, whether it be fantasy, prop bets, you know, football itself, etc., how do you approach the Fields market uh, this week and maybe throughout the season, at least your early thoughts of how he might do this year? Yeah, people are really high on Justin Fields having a breakout year this year because of what happened with Jalen Hurts last year after uh, he had a really good, he had a, he had a solid second season and mostly running the ball. And then he, similar to Hurts did last offseason, he got a number one receiver in DJ Moore. But I'm still not entirely bullish on this Bears passing game. Fields has such a long way to go as a passer, not even just from an accuracy standpoint, but he he held onto the football for way too long. And even though the Bears are improving the offensive line, they're still not a top unit in this league by any means. And while DJ Moore is a good number one receiver, I'm not really high on Chase Claypool as being his second option in that passing game. So I expect him to be as dynamic as a runner as a year ago, but I'm not as bullish on his improvement as a passer as the biggest field optimists are. Brian, before we let you go here, is there anything that you do really like, anytime touchdown score, yards receiving, throwing, that we haven't touched on that you want to make sure us in the audience are aware of? Yeah, uh, one anytime touchdown prop I really like. And just to give some context, I actually hit my one touchdown prop last night on David Montgomery, which is nice. But uh, one prop I do like for this week for a touchdown score is on the Monday night game with Garrett Wilson. I believe right now he's plus 135. Last year, he had over 140 targets, but just four touchdowns. And of the top 15 guys in red zone targets last year, which Pierre Will to qualify for, he had by far the lowest completion percentage in those situations because obviously Zach Wilson was his quarterback. And anyone that watched that Jets Giants preseason game, that connection with Rodgers to Garrett Wilson looked really similar to the connection he had with Devontae Adams in Green Bay. And in Rogers' two and Rogers' two MVP seasons the last two with Devontae Adams, Devontae Adams is by far the most targeted player in the red zone and the most effective receiver in the red zone. So I said Wilson would be utilized a lot similarly to Devontae Adams was because it's the most skill set that that type of receiver that Rogers likes and how he wants to use them. And especially Rogers' debut in that life stadium with the Jets on prime time on ESPN. I figure they want to show off to their fans on that big stage and get Garrett Wilson the ball in the end zone. Brian, this has been fantastic. Let's have ourselves a fun, exciting week one and look forward to catching up with you next week. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thank you, guys. Talk to you soon. Absolutely. Once again, he is Brian Blewis. You can follow their work over on Twitter at PFNBets as well as PFNBetting.com. It's a really good point there. Yeah, I watch, we're watching Hard Knocks. So there, there are some plays that they ran in practices that you just, you know, thought back to the, you know, Rodgers to Adams Green Bay days, and that's the exact same play. You had the same coordinator, et cetera, and it was just kind of like you just replace one guy with the other. And I think the Wilson's a tremendous young player. Uh, has nothing to do with the fact he went to, even if he went to Michigan, God forbid, I'd say he's a tremendous young player. 
<laughs> it's time now. Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits $100 gift certificate. As a reminder, if you're today's winner, which happens to be caller 3, 602-260-1060 is the number. 602-260-1060. Make sure you come with the weekend bet. We'll put $5 on it at the end of the season. Total everything up and have some money for charity. But the $100 gift certificate is next. 602-260-1060. Caller 3. Poll questions on the other side. The Dan Patrick Show, weekday mornings from 6 to 9 a.m. This is just uh, something I like to call breakfast. With big-name guests, timely sports information, and more on KTUS AM 1060. right here on KDOS AM 1060 online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. We just gave away our $100 gift certificate to Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. Pay them a visit this weekend, 2390 North Ulma School in Chandler. VonHansen'sMeats.net, the weekend specials for you. Spatchcock chicken at $3.99 a pound. Plain boneless skinless chicken breast at $5.99 a pound. And the pork butt roast at $3.99 a pound. Our winner, and here is what we're collectively rooting for this weekend, Texas plus seven. So we want to see the tide get rolled as opposed to roll tide. Yes, that's very clever. I like that. That's what we're rooting okay. for this weekend. All right. It's time, though, for the poll questions right here on KDOS1060.com. We'll start with the Sunday contest in Washington, D.C. Who wins, Washington or the, uh, or the Cardinals? Cardinals plus seven, Commanders minus seven. Uh, it's not my nature to be laying points, but uh, this might be a frequent occurrence during our Cardinals questions during the season, and unless we just give up on them at some point, even for a poll question, uh, we're going to continue to at least post them for a couple of games. Uh, I could, uh, I really can't see any advantage that the Cardinals have in this game, and I mean any. I think the strength of the Cardinals team would be their safeties. They may not even be a factor in this game. Because I'm not even sure Washington's going to need to throw the ball. Um, so hopefully Jalen Thompson and Buda Baker can make a bunch of plays at the line of scrimmage. Or you know, Robinson could run for 100 yards in this game for Washington. And I also don't see any chance that the Cardinals' offensive line is going to block the front seven of Washington. So for the purpose of the question, uh, I'm going to you know, you know, lay the points here. The other thing is, I'm actually a Sam Howell believer. Uh, I even mentioned last year in the 2022 season preview we do with the uh, with the uh, Commanders uh, with George Wallace from WTOP that I thought then that Howell could be the starting quarterback at some point last year. Uh, foolishly, the Commanders did not do that until Week 17, and they've got plenty of receivers. Plenty of wide receivers, especially. So if he has to throw, I think he's. I like Hal. I'm in a fantasy league where you have to take three quarterbacks, and he's my third guy. Uh, so I, I think he's pretty good. And then you have Josh Dobbs, who's been here for two weeks. And if they're chasing points with him at the quarterback, I think that makes things even more difficult for him. I will answer the question here in just one minute. But Brian Lewis, our Pro Football Network. Uh, contributor who just joined us in the previous segment talking all things prop bets said 
that the Giants have just now added Darren Waller to the injury report. So he has a wow. hamstring injury, apparently, after we had been talking about Darren Waller props there. So tread lightly with Darren Waller and yeah. the injuries that apparently uh, 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 continue. Uh, yeah, that, I believe that was one of the injuries that sidelined him last year, too. Uh, yeah, we talked about Waller twice today, and, and Brian brought up his injury history, and so did I uh, before we even had Brian on. So this is really unfortunate. Absolutely. So we'll continue to monitor that here and make sure you do that before you place any bets with the injuries. Back to the question here. Who do you have on Sunday at Washington here? I mean, seven points is always a lot in the NFL, but certainly when you just kind of look at uh, this defensive front that the commanders have, even if Chase Young isn't playing, uh, it, it, it certainly puts the Cardinals offensive line in a perilous situation. So how will they be able to stand up to that hold up in that situation? But then also offensively here for the commanders, uh, Terry McLaurin apparently not going to be on the injury designation, so he's ready to go. In addition to Johan Dotson at wide receiver, could put a lot of pressure on this unproven secondary. So I do have a lot of questions about what potentially uh, this is all going to look like. And so for the purposes of the question, like you said, I would uh, go Commanders minus seven. Yeah, I get it. I'm with you, and I'm uh, you know a lot of the times when let's assume the Cardinals are as bad as everybody thinks they're going to be. Uh, you look back at the end of the season, look at some of the early season point spreads when they were only you know getting seven points or whatever, and you just laugh at the at the, some of the early season point spreads. Yeah, you know, you know, it's, it's your I guess you're at your own risk to do that now, but. Wouldn't be shocking if the Cardinals have a bad year and we look back and see some of the early season point spreads and go, wow, those numbers should have been higher. (laughs) I also think it's a little challenging, too, to figure out just the Cardinals' identity on offense because if we're going with Josh Dobbs, like how is he going to particularly look? Uh, Are you going to hit dynamic playmakers like Zach Ertz? Is he going to be available? Uh, What's the status of Hollywood Brown, et cetera? So there's still some questions, too, that haven't really been – divulged yet uh, and is Zach Ertz is still a quote dynamic playmaker uh coming off a terrible knee injury from last year it wasn't just you know, he had all kinds it wasn't just your quote typical ACL injury there was a lot of stuff going on there you're right there. The masses are on the commander side of things at 70% of the vote. Cardinals sitting at 30%. KDOS1060.com's poll question. Flipping this on over to Twitter at KDOSAM1060. Who do you have Sunday at Pittsburgh? The 49ers minus two and a half and the Steelers plus two and a half. So the 49ers strength here, they're really good at getting the ball in space to their their playmakers and letting them run after the catch. That's something that the Steelers on defense struggled with last season. You do have the question marks here about Nick Bosa, obviously the contract earlier this week, how much I don't think a question about whether or not he's in shape. That's 100% true. Uh just <laughs> how much is he, are they going to say, "Hey, you're going to play every single snap" or, you know, how is that all going to get deployed? Uh for the Steelers side we saw the new look Steelers offense in the preseason does that translate into regular season games historically as well the 49ers kind of get off to slow starts to start the year at least ATS wise and this is also a, a on the road type situation I would lean Steelers plus two and a half, but I like it so much that I put them actually in a teaser leg up to eight and a half because I just couldn't see Mike Tomlin at home losing by a t- more than a touchdown. 
Yeah, I understand your theory there, and you're right about them sometimes uh, starting the season slowly, even though I think it's a little misleading the last couple of years because they had either you know, Trey Lance at quarterback or they didn't exactly know what they were doing at quarterback. And, you know, Jimmy G, I remember that one year he was questionable even play week one and ended up playing, and that didn't go well. Uh, so maybe that's part of the reason they have had some slow starts. Um I agree with all of that. I, you know, the, unfortunately, as far as wagering goes, uh, the best there were plenty of threes, three and a halfs out there not that long ago. So you're getting you you lost the best number here if you want the if you're actually going to get involved with the Steelers. And I spent the better part of like a month joking about uh, you know Kenny Pickett, Mister Preseason, and had the highest ranking in PFF of any player in the preseason, etc. However, the Steelers are the only way I could go in this game, so for the purpose of the question, I will do that. Uh, but they're not going to be able to run the ball, most likely. Uh, you can go you know, new school numbers, old school numbers, any numbers. Uh, the Niners are tremendous stopping the run. Uh, now they you – know, and Bosa is more of a pass rusher anyway. And you're 100% correct about him. He'll be fit. Uh, and I think the biggest concern the Niners had when he was away for so long is that he's such a workout nutcase that, you know, they were worried that we don't get to see him every day. What's he is, – is he just overdoing it? So he'll be ready to play. But uh, I, you know, for the purpose of the question, once again, I take the plus points. But wagering-wise, the best number is long gone. The masses are on the 49ers minus two and a half side of things at 80% of the vote. Steelers plus two and a half sitting at 20%. This is on Twitter at KDUS AM 1060. We wrap up Friday spread brought to you by Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits on the other side of the break. Also, as a reminder here, the Vince Lombardi Cancer Foundation is excited to take its 50-plus year history of -of one-of-a-kind charitable golf outings and events to Scottsdale, Arizona for year two of the Lombardi Southwest Open, September 16th at Talking Stick Resort. For more information, visit LombardiFoundation.org slash Lombardi-Southwest-Open. That's LombardiFoundation.org slash Lombardi-Southwest-Open. One final segment to go, also the Diamond backs underway in Chicago taking on the Cubs it's 0-0 as they're heading into the top of the third we'll get into a little bit about that with Zach Allen on the mound next as we conclude this Friday September 8th edition of the Extra Point Catch the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays from 1 to 3 p.m. right here on KDUS AM 1060 and online at KDUS1060.com. September 8th edition of Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060 online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro with you and Bob, it's thank you time. As always, we thank you for listening. Special thanks to the callers, emailers, tweeters, texters, whomever, and whatever else slipped through the cracks. Also our guest today around the NFL, Mike Tanier. 
of uh, Messenger, The Messenger, and also co-author of the uh, FTN Almanac, and then an NFL prop bet discussion with Brian Blewis uh, from Pro Football Network. Uh, sound of the day, courtesy of Fox, NBC, Major League Baseball, and ESPN. Uh, special thanks, as always, to Kayla, Corey, and Aaron. And Kayla's going to tell us what's coming up next. That's right. Up next from noon to 1 o'clock, it is Sports Map Radio Network, followed by the Doug Gottlieb Show from 1 to 3, the Rich Eisen Show from 3 to 5, and the Sports Zoo with Dave Rooster Beerstein from 5 to 6. Also, uh, keep in mind here with the NFL getting started, we start our coverage of the NFL as well. No huddle. Uh, 8 to 10 a.m. on Sunday morning, and our game is the uh, Raiders and the Broncos in the afternoon. You can always find out what we have coming up kdos1060.com and click on that live sports tab speaking of things coming up the cardinals are playing the commander sunday 10 a.m on fox as for asu football they're hosting oklahoma state saturday 7 30 p.m on fs1 and looking at things right now in the bottom of the third for the diamondbacks and the cubs it's no score zach gallon is uh through two and a third uh giving up no hits and three strikeouts in fact, there hasn't been a hit in this game yet. And uh, I mentioned Jamison Tyone. You get a pretty good idea usually early in the game whether he's going to be good. He has struck out five of the first ten Diamondbacks hitters today. Wow. Uh, so maybe a pitcher's duel so far? And plus the wind's howling in at Wrigley, so that's a big deal. Uh, when I went to Wrigley back in my day as a season ticket holder, uh, the you know I used to take the red line down from the north side. Uh, towards Wrigley and uh, you know, at Sheridan you could see the flags uh, the first time so I was always you know looking out the train and checking the flags they showed the flags just a few moments ago at least at, right now they're howling in big time that's so Wrigley Field though that could change by the next inning <laughs> so we'll see what happens but uh, you know Tyone's dealing and it looks like uh, a low scoring game just been at least as of now because of the wind Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. Be sure to visit them, 2390 North Alma School in Chandler, vonhansensmeats.net. What we're rooting for this weekend is Texas plus seven in our winner's selection. Everyone have yourselves a fantastic weekend. Enjoy week two of college football, week one in the NFL. The Sports Zone with Bob Kemp will kick things off on Monday morning starting at 9 a.m. Talk with you all then.